so here we are, and, and uh, we are part three of our sermon series called Travel Light. We all have some things within life, right, that we could deal with getting rid of. Here's what I want you to do. Look at your neighbor. Say, you are oblivious to the obvious. Let's do that one more time, right? You are oblivious to the obvious. Awesome, awesome. You know, we're going to really focus today on that we can't change our past, but we can change our future, okay? Right? Like, you can't deal with, you can't, you can't unchange everything that's already happened. Have you ever, ever tried to do that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, you said it, it's there, it's out there, right? It's in that person's mind. Let me tell you a story. Change your past, but you can make better decisions moving forward, and your future can be much, watch this, brighter. All right? You like that? That was good, wasn't it? That was good. I thought about that one long and hard, all right? But here we are, you know, we're 2019, we're heading into 2020 in just a couple weeks. There's a lot of things that, you know, we, we are out of control of, but there's a lot of things within life that we do have control of. We talked about that last week. We need to, to uh, lose control of some things. But, you know, we can't change our past, but we can change our future. Now, a little over nine years ago, well, uh, yeah, a little over nine years ago, actually, yeah, nine years ago, um, my wife, we were expecting our, our second son, the middle, the middle child. You know, anybody a middle child? You have that middle child syndrome, right? Anyway, uh, sorry, I just, now I just brought up all kinds of emotions for people. <laughs> Altar call's going to be full today, you know? I need Jesus, all right? And uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's at the month of October where she's at the end of uh, the, the whole deal of, of, well, I guess pregnancy, right? And uh, so... The, she went past her due date, and the doctor's talking about, um, you know, inducing her into, into this deal, right? And uh, so I'm like, all right, cool. That's, that's great. We, we've got a plan. Are you following? Anybody stick to a plan? I stick to a plan and a routine. Like, if you get me out of it, it's just not good. I, I get all out of, out, of, out of, I get all messed up. So anyway, so here it is. It's, uh, you know... October and, 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 and the next day, okay, it's October 19th, he's to be born on October the 20th. The next day, right, I'm excited, I'm all jittery and everything, you know, like, woo, you know, and, and now I'm going, whoa, whoa, you know. And uh, so here it is that evening, and bags are packed, we know what the plan is going to be, everything's going to be just how it is. And we go to bed that evening, and she's like, I'm not feeling so good. And I'm going, you'll be all right. <laughs> it's just a gas pain. You know, go to the bathroom, you know. <laughs> stop, stop. And, and, and so, and I'm just, she's like, I'm not feeling so great. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's okay. And, and, and she, got, she goes, I think I'm going to go out into the, I, some of you already heard this story before, I know. I'm going to go out to the, to the living room, watch some TV, maybe I'll feel better. I'm like, no problem, keep it down, I'm trying to get my rest. <laughs> Are you following me? Are you following me? All the guys, yeah, ladies, you're off the Christmas card list now. 
And so, so you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there. I get plenty of rest that night. I wake up the next morning, and she's like, and still uncomfortable. She's like, I hope you've got plenty of rest. You know, while I'm up here struggling with this new kid that we're about to bring into the world, you're rested up. I still hear about that today. You can't. You, you can't change the past, but you better make some better decisions moving forward, right? Jeez. All right, so here's my question. What is it that you have in your life that you look at and go, you know what? I wish I could have done that all over again. I would have made a much better choice. We all have those things. We all have those things within our mind that it's just like, you know what? Maybe it's, how about this? Does anybody in here have a problem losing your temper? Don't raise your hand. Just think about it, right? Words come out. They fly out way before you thought about it, right? Uh, how, how about, have any of you ever said, you know what? I'm never going to do that again. I'm just never, ever going to do that again. And the next time the opportunity arises, boom, what do you do? You do it again, right? Paul, uh, he, he was notorious for that. He, I love the part of Paul where he talks about, you know, I, I sin, I don't want to sin, but man, I just keep doing it. I just keep messing up. You know, I look at that and I go, well, there's hope for me. There's hope for you and I. We can get over that. You know, we can get through these battles that we are facing each and every day. Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, you know, he, he had some issues. He had some things going on. And, and, and we would look at Peter and say, well, what, wasn't he just like, you know, wasn't he one of the, the disciples? Peter's what? He was he's supposed, to be, supposed to be the rock, right? He's the one that, that walked on uh, water with, with Jesus until what? Until his focus was off of him. But Peter was one evening with the rest of the disciples at the Last Supper, the night that Jesus was betrayed, would go to trial and then later be crucified. And when Jesus looked at his disciples, he said, that some of you will deny me and then some of you will also desert me. Uh, Peter being as loud spoken as he was, because we understand Peter was extremely loud spoken, um, he was never slow to speak if you look within scripture. But he's like this, no Lord, not me. I'm not going to be that type of individual. I'm not going to be the one. The others might betray you, but I'm the type that will always be by your side. I will be there. I won't deny you. But Peter didn't have to look death in the face to deny Jesus. It took a young girl, a slave girl, who was warming her hands by some fire, and she says, hey, kind of recognize you. Aren't you one of his followers? Aren't you one of his disciples? And Peter looks at her, oh, I'm, you're mistaking me. You don't know who you're seeing. You, you must have me mixed up with someone else. That's not me. And somebody else comes around and, no, 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 I think, I think that's you. I think I've recognized you. I think you've been with him. And then Peter again, all within the same night. Oh, no, 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 that's not me. I, I, no, no, you've, you've got me confused with what? Somebody else. Then another individual, a third person comes about and says, 
right, as Jesus is about to go on trial, hey, you, you are one of his followers. You pointing at him. And he's like, no, no, again, you are confused. What happens next in Luke chapter 22, verse 61, this is what, I love this passage of scripture. We can learn a lot from it. It says, at that moment, the Lord turned and what looked at Peter. What do you imagine for a second if you were Peter in that moment? The son of God who hours prior warned you that some of you would deny me. Some of you would even betray me. And then you being as outspoken as you are going, no, no, I would never do that. But then the Bible says, it says, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter had walked, what, three years with Jesus, had been there for so many messages, witnessed his ministry, many, many miracles. Yet Peter had just denied even knowing him. Not once, not twice, but what do we read in there? Three times. And then we see within the scripture that Jesus turns his face and just looks at him. Do you imagine the emotion, the guilt, the shame that might have or should have came across Peter? The regret, the whole, I wish I could take this moment back. You see, our past although we can't go back to it, continues to speak to all of us. Our enemy uses it to what? To rob, to steal, to kill, to destroy any future or hope that we know that God has for our lives. He reminds us of what we've done. He reminds us of three things. Number one, he tries to remind you of this, that you are simply un. Forgivable. You've done too much or you haven't done enough. That you have failed. That what you have done has affected so many people. You've done too much. You're unforgivable. But he doesn't stop there. The enemy looks at us and says, not only are you unforgivable, but watch this. You are unlovable. If the people who are sitting next to you right now really knew where you were, what you've done, the spiritual doubt that you have within your own life, if they really knew what you said to your spouse or how you treated them, if they really knew, then they would not love you. You are unlovable. You are unforgivable. Watch this. And the third one the enemy wants to try to get within your mind is this, that you're simply useless. Because of what you have done in your past, you are useless and you have no future. Watch this. God couldn't ever allow you to be a part of a healthy, striving family because of what you have done to your family in the past. God couldn't allow you to have your physical body be well because some of the choices that you have made within your past. God couldn't ever use a person like you because of what you have done, what? In your past. You see, we have an enemy who is continually whispering these lies and really he's not even whispering, he's being as loud about it as he possibly can 
trying to get your attention, to sway you away from anything that God is trying to point you in, to keep you within your past so that you cannot make better decisions for your future. The good news, though, is about Jesus. He doesn't leave us holding onto our past. Jesus gives us a hope, and, and he sees us where we are and the need that we have in the most. How do we know this? We know that because he did that with Peter. He came to Peter after Peter denied him, after Peter had deserted the call that he had put on his life. In fact, Peter and some of the disciples even went back to what they were doing before they had been with Jesus. Some went back to fishing. Others went back to carpentry. Others went back to whatever they were doing. Jesus, one day, he's on the shore, and they didn't know it was him. And he called out to them. He says this, hey, if you throw your nets on the other side of this boat, See, they hadn't caught anything all day. They were at the end of their day. They didn't want to go back out. But Jesus said, if you would just throw these nets on this other side. So they go ahead and they go out. They do it. And they catch so many, so much, the Bible says that they couldn't even pull them back in. At which Peter recognized at that moment and said, you know what? That's Jesus. So the Bible says Peter jumps out of the boat. He doesn't walk on water, but he jumps into the water and he swam to the shore and had to be one of what could have been one of the most awkward moments or even meals in history of the world as he sat with the risen Savior at that moment. Denied knowing him just days prior. John chapter 21. Peter being full of guilt, shame, insecurity. But John chapter 21, let's look at verses 15 through 17. The scriptures read, after breakfast... Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Now, you ever been called like, you guys remember growing up and, and your, your parents trying to get your attention? Kevin? Kevin. Kevin! Kevin Jonathan Stanley. Woo! Now you got me. Right? Check this moment out, though, with Peter. Peter is in this moment, and he say he doesn't even use, Jesus doesn't use his nickname, doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, and then he goes in even further, right? You know, our, our, my, my kids, my kids are, are, are fabulous. You got to love your kids, right? I got the best kids when they're being good. And uh, it's funny because I've, I've caught myself doing that before. Like, I remember growing up going, I can't wait till I get to use a middle name when I'm trying to correct somebody. And so I'll look at them and be like, Carter Jonathan Stanley, Caden Wayne Stanley, you know, and I'll, I'll get their attention. And it's funny because I'll sit there and, and they, they, like, they like to fight. I've told you all that before, right? They like to fight. And uh, so when, when one's trying to get the other's attention, they'll be like, Carter or Caden, and then they'll throw out the middle names. <laughs> Have you ever, like, blocked out your kids before? Right? You've blocked them out. Like, they're calling your name, and you know what they want is very just annoying. Like, don't bother me right now. And there'll be times where they're like, Daddy! 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 And here's what, they need, here's what they've called on to do it. Pastor Kevin! <laughs> oh, my. 
You know, in that moment, so, so Peter, or Jesus is getting Peter's attention. And it could have been like, here's how we would have been. We would have been like, are you ashamed of yourself, Peter? Do you know what you did? You denied me. You, 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 you don't know me, supposedly. You weren't even there for me when I needed you the most. You weren't there. Jesus could, could, could have done so much in that moment. But watch, let's see what he chooses to do. He says, Simon, son of John, he goes, do you love me? That's a simple question. Do you love me? But Jesus didn't just ask it one time. How many times? Three times. He says, yes, Lord, Peter replied. He says, you know that I love you. Jesus responds and feed my lambs. Jesus then says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him this. A third time. The Bible says it says Peter was hurt that Jesus would ask him a what? A third time. How many times did Peter deny him? Three. How many times did Jesus ask? Three. In this moment, a lot was going on, and we we, we should be struck of how kind and caring it was for Jesus to hurt Peter by asking him three times, because here's what Jesus could have done. Hey, let's not worry about that. Let's lack as if it never happened. But instead, in this moment, Jesus decides to bring it up by asking him not once, but twice, but what? Three times. You see, here's what I want you to understand. And you might want to write this down as this. God is far more concerned with lasting healing in our life than short-term feelings in our life. I want to repeat that to you. God is far more concerned with a lasting healing in our life than short-term feelings in our life. Jesus understood that when you have a wound in your life, you need to clean it out so that it can heal properly. Now, I remember growing up, if I were to cut myself, do you guys remember, like, back, I don't see it anymore, but I don't know what the stuff was called, but it would, like, they would pour it into you, and it would, like, turn orange. What were they thinking? (laughs) This ain't going to burn, liar, you know? Anytime you get, you, you, get, you get cut, right? You know, my wife, she's great about it. They get cut. She's like, she's wanting to doctor it up and, 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 and get it cleaned out. I'm just like, throw a Band-Aid on it, you know? We have to make sure, and, and Jesus is doing this in this moment. He's like, look, I'm looking for a lasting healing here before I'm just trying to get you to wipe the tears away. Think about that. I'm looking for a lasting healing rather than taking that frown and making it a smile again. Sometimes the healing process, especially in the beginning of things, what? It hurts. Sometimes there's pain to it. But what we have a responsibility doing is always what? Trusting the process. Cleaning out the wound. How do we do that? How do we let go of our past? Because although we can't change our past, God can change our future. What are some of the things sometimes that can be painful for us? Watch this. We need to close some doors, number one. How do we close the door on our past so the enemy can't continue to speak 
those lies into our lives that we are what? Unforgivable, unlovable, or unusable. Watch this. God's grace is bigger than your sin. God's grace is so much far greater than your sin. Let's take a look at the scripture. Uh, 1 John chapter 1-9 says this. What? But if you confess, if we, we, that's you and I, if we confess our sins to who? Him. He, meaning Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of our what? Sins. And here's the deal. It's not enough just for forgiveness and to do what? Cleanse us. We forget that part, cleanse. We think, oh, it's so, it's, it's everything that we're going to go through with God is going to be unpainful. Can I help you out? That's not so. There's some areas within your life that you have allowed to fester and grow within your life that it needs to be cut away. And sometimes that cutting is deep. And sometimes that cutting does create some pain. But it says what? And to cleanse us from what? All wickedness. He doesn't say if you beg or if you feel so guilty or if that you're just simply ashamed. He says if you confess, God is what? Faithful to forgive and, very important, don't forget this part, to cleanse you. All right. Here we go. Understand this. Next thing. Your standing with God is determined by our relationship and not rules. Understand that. To be fully known and to be fully loved is what? That's a powerful thing. I want to be fully known and fully loved when it comes to Christ. I want when he looks upon me and... and, and and, and I go through these, I wish I wouldn't have done that, and I can't believe that I've done that, that he could look back at me and go, listen, we can move forward. You need to move forward from this. All these things that you're saying you wish and you need to get away from, here's what we do when we're harboring in on it so much. We're just saying, you know what, our problem, our past is so much more bigger and larger than our God. And that's not so. We understand that God's grace is so much larger than our sin. That our standing with God is determined by our relationships or our relationship with him and not simply by rules. Watch this. If you really knew, if you really knew what I did, what, 15 years ago, and that there's not a day that goes by that I don't regret, I wish I could change that. We say things like that. We say things like, if you really knew what I did this past weekend, if you really knew. Peter, after the third time, says that Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? He says, well, you know everything. And yet you simply still are asking, do you love me? We would do well to give ourselves the same grace and forgiveness that God has already extended us through Jesus Christ. You are not what you've done, but you are rather who God says you are. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are what? You are forgiven. You are loved. But more importantly, you are a child of God. 
Let's take a look in John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. It says this. But to all who believed, who did they believe in? In who? In him. And accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Do you know what I love about that for a second here? I'm not just a friend of God, as we see many, many times within the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying here what? Now I am a child of God. Now, I'm just going to be very honest with you. I'm friends with all of you. Great friends. If you have a need, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do the best I can to help you. My child comes and has a need, and, 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 and they're right before me, and guess what? I'm going to do everything that I possibly can do to take care of my child. There's a difference between you and my child. We're acquaintances. We're friends. If I got it, I'll give it to you. My kid, my child, if I don't got it, I'm going to find it and make sure they get it. Are you following me here? The Bible says as long as we are believing now, we become children of God. We are what? Adopted into the family. You are so much more than an acquaintance to God. You are more than a creation of God. You are his. He goes on to say, they are what? They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but in a birth that comes from who? From God. You see, you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. How do we let go of our past? We close some doors. Number two, we step into our future. Understand this. God saves you from your past so that you can step into your future. What did God do with Peter three times? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Then what? Take care of my lambs. He puts the call of God back on Peter's life. The only qualification to be used by God is not a perfect past, because if that were the case, God could not use any of us. The only qualification of God is simply what? Being in accepting his son, Jesus Christ, and being in the presence of Jesus Christ and allowing his presence within our lives. What's the call that God has for you? My challenge to you this week, and, and what I really think many of us should do for this year, is take a sticky note. I challenge you to do this. Take a sticky note. And write on, here's my call of God. Some of you in here, you know what you're supposed to be doing within life. Maybe you're doing it, maybe you're not. You need to be reminded daily what God has called you to do. Some of you in here, you're like, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm new to this. I don't know. You need to have that sticky note. What does God want of me? What does God want of my day today? How does God want me to treat people? We need these things within our lives every single day as reminders of going, what am I supposed to do? God has put a call on all of our lives, but something has to change for that to be lived out. Some people don't like change. You know, as a pastor, I have to deal with that a lot of times. I, do y'all know I like to change things up? Yeah, 
I changed church times. I changed building colors. Right? Yeah. And so I deal with people's, people who love change, and I deal with people who don't like change. All right? And sometimes, look, we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. But there's some things within life that God is saying, look, you're trying to live a better life with me, but you've got to get rid of some stuff. You need to start traveling a little bit more light. And one of those things is your past. You can't help what was already done, but you can help what's going to be. You can help in your, your decisions moving forward if you will allow me to get involved and to work with you in it. Uh, Paul, the apostle, he, he, Philippians chapter uh, 3, we're going to take a look at this scripture here. Verses 12 through 15, he says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. In other words, Paul's saying, I don't have a perfect past. He goes, but I press on to what? Possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Right? In other words, he's saying, I'm going after, I, 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 I lack, I think we can move on, right? It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, to what lies ahead. I don't know all that God has planned for your life, but I know if he's planned it, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. You may go through seasons of testing and cleansing and changing. And that's great. You need to allow God to move and to work how he needs to do it. But listen, here's what we do. We go, we go, we go. God, watch this. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. Forgive me of my past. But we never truly ask him, Lord, cleanse me of it. Cleanse me of it now. Let's not just forgive, but God, cleanse me of it. Because this thing needs to heal properly. It needs to heal properly. And, 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 and sometimes in that healing process, what? There's pain in it. There's discomfort in it. We don't always enjoy that. But God says it's absolutely necessary for your life. I love it that, that God looks at me and, and the Bible tells us in, in, in Psalms what he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. He's not looking at Kevin and going, but I remember what you did 10 years ago. I remember what you did 15 years ago. I remember what you did 20 years ago, and I'm going to hold that against you. No, he does not do that. The problem is for us is we, we hold on to these things. And here's what we do. God can forgive us. But we can't forgive ourselves. And so then we are limiting what God can do through us. I want you to stand with me this morning. Your story... It's not about your failure, but it's about God's victory. You know what thrills me sometimes? 
is when I see people who have gone through some serious struggles within life and their past has been absolutely rotten. Let's just face it. You look at it. It's been horrible. But then they came to the saving knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ. And you see that transformation happen. And you see how they begin to live their life now. And you see how God is working through them and moving in their lives. As a pastor, as somebody that sees a lot of that with people, it joys me. It absolutely joys me to see how God moves in people's lives and they're able to get away from their past. And to look beyond that because why? God is doing that. He's not looking again and say, well, I can never use you to teach a class or a life group. I can never allow you to, to work in our cafe or greet people at a door or work within our kids' city ministry. I can never use you to pastor a church, to play a guitar, beat on a drum, sing a word. We all have a past. We see all throughout Scripture men and women of God who God used greatly to do great things have a past. But yet God still used them. Individuals who are able to what? Let go of that past. Individuals who are able to go, you know what? I, I'm not who I was. I have been made new. I am reborn. I'm a new creation in him who died on a cross for my sins. For him who, who they spat upon, they ridiculed. They drove nails to his hands, his feet. They mocked him. But because of what he did, my past has been forgiven. I can walk away from who I was. It can allow God to make me into who I am to be. Some of you in this room, you need to be reminded of that. You are not who you were. You are a new creation in God's eyes. And let me help you out. Only God's viewpoint really matters. Only God's viewpoint really matters. It doesn't matter what this person thinks about you or that person thinks about you or that person or this person. Why? Because we all got a past. We all have struggles. We all have mishaps. We all have things about us that we're embarrassed about. We all have things about us that, man, if we could redo that, we, let's just leave. Let's not even worry about that no more. Let's not even have that discussion anymore. You can't help what was, but you can't help what's going to be. Your future can be what? Brighter by making better choices. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes with me this morning. I love the scripture. I say it every service toward the end. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And here we are in that season right here that he what? Gave his only begotten son. That is amazing, isn't it? Who did he give it for? For me. For you. For all of us in this room. 
Maybe you're here today and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. Maybe you've not made that commitment. Maybe you've not made that choice, that decision. God is saying today's the day of salvation. Today's the day where all of that can change. Today's the day where, you know what, you can travel lighter. You want to make the first step in this? Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Allow him to be your master. Allow him to be your number one. Allow him to be your central focus. Allow him to be the Lord of your life. For God so loved the world. I love the word and all of that. It says what? Whosoever believes in him. What will they have? They, they won't perish. But they will have this everlasting life. The only way you get that everlasting life is by accepting Jesus Christ. His son as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask this question. Nobody looking around. But if you're here today and you want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ, all I want you to do is slip up your hand. I give you that opportunity this morning. Okay, excellent. Now, you can look at me. Here we are in a room. You know, we like to rank things within life. We'd love to rank sin. Let's just be honest. We love to rank sin. Well, this sin isn't as bad as this sin, and this sin isn't as bad as this sin. And we, we do that. We do that within our mind. Subconsciously. Some of you do it purposely. All right. But here's what we also do in this room. Some of you, you have a past. Some of you are, you don't like what was and you want that to change well you can't you can't change what was you can only change what's to be and I want you to be encouraged today by understanding this that your future from this day forward can be so much more brighter than what it was when you walked in this door this morning it could be so much better but that decision really comes down to you are you still going to allow yourself to be enslaved or imprisoned to your past? Are you going to let that go? <laughs> let it go. That was dumb. But it's the truth. What, what, what did uh, we, we read last week? What was it? Let it be. Let it be. Some of y'all just need to let it be. If it was what it was, let's move forward. Let's move forward. So I'm going to ask this question today with you guys. Is anybody here ready to just move forward? Anybody here ready to just move forward? I'm tired of what's been going on in my life. I'm tired of my past, man. I'm tired of the thing. I'm tired of the decisions I made last month that are haunting me right now. I'm tired. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Lord Jesus, we got to get through that one. It's time to move on. So you've been in prison for far too long, man. You know what I love about the, the story with Paul and Silas? It said when they were, when they were uh, shackled up in that prison, and, 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 and they were, besides some of you with your past, you're shackled by it. But it said, you know what, they, they just prayed, and they prayed, didn't they? They prayed, and they prayed. And then God showed up and did the remarkable in their midst. Some of you need to start praying 
and you need to start praising again. You need to start allowing God, God, here I am. Break it. Break these chains. Loose me from my past. Because I know what you got ahead of me is far greater than what my mind has been thinking about. What I've been allowing my friends to tell me about. Yeah, you got friends? Look, I know I'm keeping you. Just chill for a second. You got friends? Some of y'all need to cut some of them out. They are part of that past. They need to be gone. You can keep them as acquaintance, maybe. But you need to get need to move past them all right so anyway who here you ready to move forward who's ready to move forward god here we are here we are we're in this room god we're ready to move forward we're ready to go beyond this past that has been shackling us up imprisoning us tying us down holding us down from what you have in store so many of us in this room we, we, we have been beat up by ourselves and even by some relationships that we're in because of what we have done in our past. We are not defined by our past, God. We are defined by you. And Lord, help us to live that out and to see that clearly every single day. Yeah, we may fall into sin. Yeah, we may fall into habitual sin sometimes. But God, you are always there with your arms stretched out saying, come on, get up. Get up, let's move on. We're gonna walk together in this. I'm gonna walk with you. And if I have to, I'm gonna carry you. So God, in this room tonight are people, men and women who are going, Lord, I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to move beyond this because of the gospel that has been given. Jesus Christ, you are our Lord. You are our Savior, and you are our Master. Without you, we have nothing, and we are nothing. But with you, we are valued. Our past is trying to devalue us, but Lord, you have placed value in us. You have a hope. You have a future. You, Lord, have a plan, even if we don't. So God, from this moment on, help us to live out what it is that you have in store, what it is that you want for our lives. Father, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you. Have a great week.